everyone, and welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. If you're listening to this in the summer months, we hope you're having a blast and staying cool. Uh, We've had a couple of heat waves this summer, so we've been doing a lot of staying cool around here. On this week's episode, we wanted to talk to you about a backcountry adventure um, that actually each of our big kids went on separately. So we've got some kind of tips from this trip separately. Um, and we kind of wanted to share the story of our big kids doing their very first backcountry overnight camping trip. Both of our kids were uh, lucky enough to have an overnight camping trip with our partners. So Jen and I, while we know exactly what happened on these trips, we weren't the ones going on them. So we didn't have to carry the big backpacks, um, but definitely something we'll cover in, in terms of the gear that that uh, our partners took for the kids. Um, but, you know, for Jen and I, pre-kids, we loved going on overnight hikes and overnight camping trips. And we, me and my husband did a lot of overnight kayaking, like multi-day trips. And with kids, when you're carrying all that gear, you're carrying it for yourself and you're also carrying it for your kid, which means you have a lot of gear and it's just not feasible until they're a certain age, for for me at least, and for for my family. I know some mums, as Jen and I have talked about, some mums are hiking up mountains with their full overnight gear with a kid on the front or two kids or they're pushing a you know, they're pushing a chariot in the snow with their kids in it. And that's awesome. Wasn't in the cards for our kids. I don't think we felt comfortable doing a, you know, a hiking kind of camping trip with our kids until our eldest um, was about four, which was last year. And even then, I think we were pushing it a bit half. <laughs> a little bit, but your trip was definitely the inspiration for my husband's trip. Um, I feel like your husband did it with your eldest daughter first. And as soon as that happened last summer, my husband's like, oh, I got to do I got to do this trip with our big guy this summer. Because, you know, if, if you guys have already done it, um, there was definitely that little bit of like, oh, if they've done it, we've got to do it kind of thing. So. Our son was five and a half when he did it this year. We went with another kid who was six. And that felt like a really good age to kind of try out this very big adventure for the very first time. I think it's important when you're looking at an overnight hiking trip with kids to make sure that you, the adult, are comfortable with the hike itself, that you know it, that you're aware of the parts where it gets steep and the parts where it's flatter. You know how to get to the trailhead. Um, I think the last thing you want is a trail that's new and surprising to you and your kid <laughs> because then you don't you don't know how to prepare them for it. I think probably one of the biggest things that we were able to do um, with our child before she went on this um, overnight trip was to talk about it and to talk about what would be happening and how they'd be driving to the trailhead and that she'd have what, what gear she would have and what they might eat when they got up there um, and that kind of thing. So without knowing which the hike ourselves, we wouldn't have been able to do that. The hike that we chose was Joffrey Lakes um, and then Jen's family, uh, not Jen, but Jen's <laughs> partner and her kid then did the same one. To be honest, I think it's quite a hard hike. Um, if you look it up, uh, Joffrey Lakes, it's normally done as a day trip. Um, and if you look it up, it is quite does get quite steep. And I think perhaps with a four-year-old, we were maybe pushing her a little too far with that. But it was also a hike. And we, that was something my husband learned through the trip. Um, but it was a hike that we're very familiar with, done multiple times, know how to access, know the you know the drive up there, all of that sort of thing. So in terms of the hike itself, felt very comfortable with it, but it does get pretty steep and it is quite long. So I think looking back on it now, I can't quite believe she made it at four, given that she sometimes can't make it around the block, you know, like... <laughs> 
It's a very good job. A very good job. I think for our guys who went quite recently this summer, um, the five and a half and a six year old, I feel like it was, they were probably more ready for that type of hike. So again, um, they went to Joffrey Lake as well. Uh, me and, you know, Andrew used to live up in Whistler. First, we have done Joffrey Lake a number of times, very familiar with the hike um, itself. And it actually used to be a harder trail. More interestingly, if you're listening in and you've done Joffrey Lakes like five, 10 years ago, the trail way harder way harder. And then fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you feel about it, they made it a lot easier, which as we know, long story short, attracted the masses of people to come. And then COVID hit and then they put day pass uses in place. So now we're back to a uh, a park pass use for Joffrey Lakes, uh, which is probably good considering the high volume of traffic that you do see. Um, the one advantage we kind of liked for having the pass on this hike was that we knew it wouldn't be you know, so overrun busy for the hike, which is kind of nice when you know you're going to be hiking at a slower pace. You don't want to feel like you're you're bogging up the whole trail or that you're kind of slowing everybody down. Um, so it's kind of nice knowing like once you've got a pass to hike, your, your day pass or your camping permit to hike at Joffrey Lakes, it's going to be busy, but it's not going to be packed. So there'll be lots of time and you're going to get up there and no matter how many hours it takes you to get up to your camping pad, um, there is going to be a spot available for you at the top, which is which is really good when you might be hiking in at a slower pace with your preschooler or toddler or whatever age children you might have with you. Also knowing that the car park is not going to be full, you know. Um, so I think if you're looking at, at attempting an overnight hike with your kids, um, or kid, um, making sure that you know that you can park. It's very stressful in the busy hikes to think oh, we've got to be, it's first come first serve. We've got to be there super early um, because then you've got to kind of add that stress in. So yeah, but if you're going up to Joffrey Lakes, making sure that you check whether a day pass is required. If you're only hiking for the day, like Jen was, uh, and then you do need a pass to camp up there overnight um, if that's what you're doing instead. Yeah. So why don't we talk about some of the gear uh, that we, well, that our partners packed because we and me and Kate ourselves are not the hike um, and that our kids kind of brought um, our oldest, like you said, he was five and a half. And so he did have a little backpack that he carried. Uh, so part of the trip was getting him excited to carry his own very little backpack. Now we mostly put snacks in his backpack. I mean, if you're five and a half, the most important thing to you on this hike is the amount of snacks that you can bring. Um, but snacks can sometimes be heavy. So it was kind of a nice way to get like a little bit of weight. Don't get me wrong. This pack was not that heavy, um, but he was able to carry, you know, enough water for the day hike for himself, a whole bunch of snacks in there. Um, and a couple other little things. I think my husband packed some glow sticks and a couple of small things like that to use at the campground. Um, so anything your kid can carry in their own pack is going to be helpful from a space and weight perspective. Don't did he carry it the whole way? He did carry it the whole way. Yeah, okay, he that's did. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That was the win. Yeah. We had a lot of talks about like, if you're going to do the hike, you've got to carry your own backpack the whole way. Um, so definitely having a child size appropriate backpack. Like this was a, a pretty small size backpack that fit him and it was comfortable. Um, and he felt like proud of himself that he was carrying his own little backpack the whole way. Um, and even had a little hiking pole the whole way. Like one of our ski poles, like condensed all the way down. He actually hiked with that the entire way as well. And he really enjoyed that. Yeah, our daughter did not carry her backpack all the way. Again, she has a small kid size one. It's pretty comfortable. It's a doy to one. It's adorable. It's so cute. Um, but she wasn't that used to it. At four, she doesn't really have a lot of places where she takes a backpack and wears it for a long time. It is a little different now. She, I think she'd be stronger if she was now that she's five, closer to five and a half. Um, I think she'd, she'd 
be a little stronger at that. But last year she definitely couldn't. So if you see the photos um, of the hike, you see my husband with his his big overnight pack and her little one strapped on top of it because uh, that's what he kind of had to do to keep her going. In terms of the gear as well, we um, uh, my husband took our two-person um, MSR Hubba Bubba tent, which is awesome. Love that tent. Um, and our kid has a little sleeping bag uh, from Mech and he took two sleeping pads, our Neo Airs, which is super light um, and comfy. I think in terms of the gear, yeah, loads of snacks, lots of snacks stuffed into lots of different types of pockets. But I think the one mistake that um, we made when we were planning it is the food for dinner. Um, I think we'd chosen some pasta that my kid had never seen before, uh, which we thought would be cool and kind of fun. But now, you know, this was a year and a bit ago and knowing my kid now, I know how much she loves to know what to expect. And so if we could do it differently, I would pack food. She's so familiar with that. She's just like, got it, you know, like totally understand this. Not like that looks weird. That pasta is strange. I don't want to eat it, Um, which is what happened. So (laughs) I think that was a mistake um, and something we've probably learned from in a lot of different uh, like camping trips in particular um, and other kind of snacks that we take out is making sure that they're familiar snacks because at the end of a long day of hiking, your kid might not not be uh, ready to try something new and that's totally fine. I think one of the advantages of the way we did this trip was we or my husband went with another dad and their kid. Um, and I think that really helped because their daughter was even older than our son. So she was already six. Um, and it's a friend that we don't see so often because they're up in Pemberton. So it's just not, it's not a friend we get the opportunity to see every weekend. Um, and so for us, I think that really helped kind of having the buddy system. Um, obviously I wasn't there on the hike, but I did, you know, ask for the play-by-play when they got back and they made it up to the top apparently with like no complaints the whole way. There were lots of stops and snack breaks, don't get me wrong, uh, but they were pretty positive the whole way. And I think just having, you know, when you've got two kind of kids who can kind of have that banter to keep each other going, I think that was really helpful for this hike. I know my oldest sometimes when it's just us on a family hike on even like to Kate's point, like one kilometer around the block, sometimes their legs are, you know, too tired to walk, but having a little buddy to do the hike with and go on this very, you know, special kind of overnight adventure really helped to keep the morale high to get to the campground. When our kid did it, she was by herself with my husband and they made it and she hiked the whole way. He wasn't carrying her, but he did say at the end of it, um, if you've been up to Joffrey Lakes, the campsites are kind of around the lake in a kind of a boulder field. There's lots of big boulders through there. And he said by the time he got up there, she was pretty tired and he was holding her hand and was starting to get to the point where he was sort of holding her up because she was sort of stumbling a bit, a bit too tired. So I think that part was, he probably started too late in the day. Um, And I guess it's kind of, we've talked about this before with hiking with kids, like how long is a piece of string? How long does a hike take a kid? And you look at it and you think, well, it would take us what, how long would it take us to do Joffrey Lakes? Two and a half hours as adults, something like that? Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, I don't know, it could be what, three and a half, four hours for the kids. I'm pretty sure it was more like six and a half, seven for uh, my daughter last year when she was four. And that's fine. Like she was, as from what I understand, she made was it. super happy most of the way and she made it. But there were a lot of stops involved and a lot of kind of figuring out, you know, when you when you watch a little kid trying to get up um, a steep section of, of a trail, they might be using their hands and kind of stepping in a different way than an adult would. So it just takes longer. So I think overall that part, you know, the, the timing of it um, probably contributed to her being more tired at the end of the day and needing a little bit more assistance from my husband to kind of prop her up so she wouldn't just collapse into <laughs> boulders. <laughs> 
Well, I think on that point too, uh, so Joffrey Lakes from Vancouver, it's about a three-hour drive, like again, depending on where you're leaving from. So we were staying in Pemberton. So I think another point just to make it easier is we were staying in Pemberton with our friends who lived there. So from their house to the trailhead was under half an hour. I think it was like 25 minutes. So for the dads starting out, you know, we got up there the night before, got settled in. So when they started out on the hike on Saturday, they were already that much closer. Yeah. I don't know if I would try and do it all the way from Vancouver, doing the three-hour drive. Then you've got to do the hike overnight and then drive three hours, you know, straight home kind of on the way back, which of course is what your your husband did, you know, oh, he was such a trooper. So I think again, if I was, you know, probably looking back to choose a hike, if you're going to choose an overnight hike, choose one that's closer to you, or if you're able to kind of like cut that drive in half by spending a night somewhere the night before to get an earlier start the next day will probably be more helpful as well. Yeah. And I think looking back on it now, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about the gear and like what, how to prepare your kid for it. We talked a lot about it in advance, but I think what's important to recognize is like a year after this hike, my daughter is still talking about it. Uh, She talks about the glacier they saw up there. She talks about how she had a special, um, you know, camping trip with uh, my husband and how special that was. Uh, She talks about the friends she made on that hike. There were two little kids up there at a campsite nearby and they played for like 20 or 30 minutes on this trip. And she still talks about them as her friends, doesn't know their names, doesn't know anything else about them, uh, but she still talks about how she made friends on it. So I think it's really important to recognize that these trips can be like really, really pivotal in a kid's brain and their memory. And it's really nice to see that like a year later, that it's still such a big part of our child's um, memory of, of cool experiences. Also want to say, if you're listening, you're like, whoa, okay, I'm a bit overwhelmed by this. Know that I have done this. I have, I have never done this with my kid and my husband has done it once. So we are not the, Jen and I are not the mums who are up the mountains who you see on Instagram every day with these massive paths. Like I'm going to go to a four day camping trip with my three month old and my two year old. We're not doing that. This is a one-off each summer. I think we did it last summer. You're doing it this summer. Um, And, you know, it's been a really great experience for our kid, but definitely not something that we're doing frequently. (laughs) Um, So know that it's not something that, uh, you know, if you, if you have the ability to be able to do it with your kid. It's a really great, really great memory so for all of you. But um, yeah, no, no pressure on uh, on anyone to get it done because it is a lot of hard work for the kids. My favorite part of the weekend. So me and uh, me and my girlfriend who are staying at her house. She has another little one as well. So you're we home with the littles. And our favorite part of the weekend was that we didn't go camping. We stayed at <laughs> a beautiful home that had a pool and a hot tub, and that's where we stayed for the weekend. And I was like, I am so proud of my husband and my son for hiking. We were like. I hope they're having a blast as we sat in the hot tub with a glass of wine. So yes. Good way to enjoy backcountry camping. Not even there. We weren't even there and I enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) But I think to Kate's point, like, you know, we're kind of a bit sooner to the date, but oh my gosh, the smiles that came home from that trip. And he was just so proud of himself. He's like, mommy, I hiked all the way up the mountain by myself. And I saw the, you know, the glacier and all of that. And, you know, I think sometimes there's there's that catch of like, oh, if you do stuff too early, they won't remember. You know, sometimes there's those memes like, why would you go so early? They won't even remember. And I'm kind of like, I think they will remember. And even if they only remember in their body, 
as a child, I think some of these core memories, if you have the opportunity to do it once, like to Kate's point, like one trip, one time, um, I can already see how it's really boosted his confidence. And he just came home like so proud of himself that he was able to accomplish this big hike and this big adventure. And I thought, that sounds great. I'm going to send you and daddy out again next summer to go do another hike. And, you know, I would love for all four of us eventually, once our little ones are able to join us too, um, to go and do it. But for now, I'm very perfectly content for it to be, um, you know, kind of a daddy big kid trip adventure right now also. So backcountry hiking with kids and backcountry camping with kids can be awesome. Love to hear um, any questions that you have for maybe for us to pass on to our partners because it wasn't us up there. Um, as Jen said, we did get a sort of blow by blow description of what happened, but we cannot take credit for actually getting them up there and safely back down again. Uh, but love to hear your questions and comments about where you're going uh, backcountry camping with your kids. Don't forget to check Check out our Instagram over on Get Outside With Kids and make sure that you check back again next week when we'll have another episode of the podcast coming your way. 